You are listening to the Robin of Sherwood podcast, season two, episode one, The Swords of Wayland, part one. Hello and welcome everybody to the Robin of Sherwood podcast. My name is Sietse Wilman. I'm the creator of this uh, podcast. And uh, the reason I started the show is that there's a lot of podcasts out there about modern day TV shows. And I felt that a classic series like Robin of Sherwood um, kind of deserved its own podcast too, uh, because I'm such a big fan of it. And so I started one myself. And uh, what I do here is uh, discuss the series one episode at a time. Uh, luckily, I found someone to do that with, and I'm very pleased that he's back for the second season, uh, Mr. Andy Chesney. So, Andy, welcome, uh, welcome back to the show. Oh, thanks a lot. Yeah, it's really good to be back. Um, for, yeah, for series two. Yeah, it's gonna be great. I'm um, going, you know, getting into that. Now, there's something new we're gonna do uh, this uh, this second season. Uh, I actually didn't know uh, that about you when we uh, when we first met, but you've got quite a reputation um, because of posting trivia questions about Robin of Sherwood on, on Facebook. And so I thought it would be fun uh, if you did that uh, for the podcast uh, as well. Uh, so from now on, uh, you're going to throw out a question to listeners at the beginning of each episode, uh, and then at the end, you'll come up with the, with the answer. So uh, I'm very curious, what's the first question you've got, uh, you've got in mind to, uh, to start it off with? Okay, yeah, the first question, um, which it's, well, it's kind of two questions, but you'll, you'll hear it. So basically, which of the two Robins use, used a crossbow? Okay, we only see we only see one of the two Robins use a crossbow in, in the whole show. Yeah, and I'll need you to, um, there's two episodes where, where we see that Robin use, use a crossbow. So try and guess who can name or who can name the two episodes where one of the, you know, one of the Robins with, with a shoots shoot a crossbow. So for all our listeners out there, you don't have to uh, send us emails or messages or, or anything like that. You can't win a prize. Uh, you're just going to get uh, the answer at the end of this uh, of this show. And uh, if you got it right, you can give yourself a point and keep score if you want to. We're not going to do that. Just uh, It's just a little thing we, uh, we thought it would be fun to, uh, to throw in there. Um, right, so today we're going to uh, uh, talk about uh, the first episode of the second season. Uh, before we can uh, start talking about it... Uh, we kind of have to address the order of the episodes because uh, the source of Wayland uh, was not the first one to be aired on TV. But I think most people agree that it makes sense that it's the first one to start off the uh, season. Um, uh, I've also uh, I've got uh, this uh, the the Blu-ray box set of uh, Robin of Sherwood, and there it's the first one as well. So we agreed to start with uh, uh, the shorts of uh, of Wayland, and right. for the rest of the second season, we're going to uh, you know follow the the Blu-ray uh, order because well, I think um, it it makes the most sense if you look at the story and the references that uh, that are being made. Yeah, definitely. Um, the shorts of Wayland was certainly intended. To, you know, that was that was written, I think, and it intended to be like the opening, um, you know, double episode for for the, for the second series. So yeah, it makes sense. You know, to to go with the with the, with the new order on Blu-ray. Now, when the show uh, starts, we see a, a red sky and some uh, very evil-looking uh, men on uh, on horses uh, show up. Um, there's a little little uh, child in a village. Uh, that's the first one uh, that sees him, and that actually reminded me of uh, the opening scene of uh, Robin Hood and the Sorcerer, in which we see uh, a young Robin shouting out, "Father, soldiers!" They, they could have made him say the exact same line and it would fit perfectly. 
I, I always wonder uh, if those things were done intentionally or if it's just me seeing patterns uh, occur. That's interesting to hear that. I mean, yeah, that's right. There is the little boy that you see and they, they do a proper shot of it, you know, a shot of him when he's kind of looking, you know, he, he can see the horses, the, you know, the the, um, the horsemen, you know, approach, you know, riding towards the village. The, the, the horsemen, the hounds here with their masks and, and cloaks. Do you know the idea for the um, the idea for their costumes actually came from a tribe in Africa? And that's what Robert Young used um, as, the, as the idea behind it. That's how he got the image and the and the costumes for them. It came from that from that idea. Yeah, and it, it works really, really well. I think. Oh, it does. I mean, it adds a, that the opening the opening scene in Swords of Wayland is just yeah, it's, it's superb to watch. I mean, the the atmosphere with them riding towards the you know obviously the village um, in Af at Afcom and. You should, the whole setting of it, you know, with the, with the red sky and and this sort of atmosphere, and it's just, yeah, it's it's um it's really gripping. Yeah, and it's it's great because um, in the second season there's a different director uh, doing the show, so it's it's cool that he can you know make make a very um, good entrance with with doing it. I mean, yeah, I'm thinking he's gonna he's gonna have to uh, live up to quite. Um, quite an impressive job that uh, Ian Sharp has done on the first season. So he'll have to come in and, you know, show what he's worth uh, as well. Yeah, definitely. Robert Young was, um, I mean, he, he was a brilliant director for for the show. I mean, I, I, I personally think he's the, he's the best director. And what he did, and he admits this himself, he actually took the best bits as well that Ian Sharp did. Or, you know, so like with the camera, like zooming in on certain... Um, he he would have there, there were several shots in episodes where he would use the zoom in, fun you know sort of function and and he yeah he said himself he he would take kind of like the best bits of what of what Ian Sharp did but but he would also obviously you know but he would then kind of take it further push on even and um and that's why I think that's why I think he's actually the best director because he because he then um yeah because he he adds to it with his own ideas and qualities. But, but the fact that he does respect what Ian Sharp's done before, you know, he loves already, you know, like the look of the forest and, and all these kind of things that Ian Sharp's done before and, and different effects. Yeah, Robert, Robert Young poured lo has poured loads into it and he's, um, his input, I think, really shows, it really shines through in series two. So in this very first scene, it, it, it really pays off uh, that he does that. Like you said, the mask, even the horses have masks. I think that's a very cool idea as well. So they look like dead horses in, 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 in some way. Only thing that that kind of bothered me that the sound effects they 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 are a bit dated. Do you remember? There's this woo woo sound going on. That's a bit straight from the eighties, uh, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, then we cut to a church or, or a cathedral, and we see a man lying there with his arms uh, arms spread. Uh, and one of the masked men takes a sword from a grave, and uh, while the priest dies, uh, the last word he says is "orias," which is the name of the sword we can uh, we can see it as well and that's when the, the title uh, the titles uh, roll up so that's a pretty pretty suspenseful opening i would say yeah it's quite dark isn't it already just this pre-credit scene i mean the hounds you know seemed quite terrifying in a way didn't they sort of the way they as you say kill that well the priest they, they effectively did kill the priest um it turns out that he didn't die straight away but yeah, you know, and and as you say, when you you see that, you see the close up of that hound as he shouts, um, "Orias," you know, and it's it's very creepy the whole thing. 
you, you can tell we're in for something special, you know, when you see that. Yeah, <laughs> when you see this. absolutely. Um, even though at this point we don't know how the uh, how the outlaws are going to tie into the the story, but that becomes clear pretty pretty quickly because uh, after the credits we see a man presenting uh, the sword Aureus, and then we cut to Hearn and Robin showing um, his sword uh, Albion. So well, it's uh, it's quite a clear connection uh, there. It's, I think I think this opening bit, you know, with Robin and Albion, it's almost like a kind of like a slight reminder, or you could you could almost interpret it as a slight reminder to audiences from you know from series one that you know her, you know the Albion's the, you know the magic sword given to him by her, and it's almost like you know with the emphasis on this episode being very much about the sword, you know Albion and obviously the other swords of Wayland, um, but it certainly seems like a little, yeah, just like a little trick, you know, um, little reminder perhaps to. To yeah. people you know mm. and uh, it's only after that when we get a more uh, familiar scene uh, because we see a man walking in the Sherwood forest he's uh, he's shouting out uh, robin's name uh, and uh, well uh, soon he uh, he comes face to face with him uh, and marion knows him because he's uh, gareth of Uffcombe, um and he used to work for marion's uh, father uh, and he's come to sherwood to ask for help and then he explains more um, about what we've just seen before. He tells about uh, demon-like men uh, who are attacking his village and that they're called uh, the Hounds of Lucifer. Yeah, one of the things you you have to look past in every Robin Hood version is that these, all these people that, that you know, always seem to, they always manage to find Robin Hood. And you think about it, it's, <laughs> I mean, you, you, generally, I don't think, you know, you don't think about it when you're watching because you have to let certain things go with, with fi- you know, with fiction and, and um yeah, you know, and, and these kind of dramas, but um, but it is it is silly, really, when you think that you think how big Sherwood Forest is, and yet <laughs> these people sort of you know come into the forest looking for him, and well, they just happen to be in that just in that little bit of the woods where you know Robin and his <laughs> and his men, you know, just happen to be. I mean, it, you could argue that maybe you know Gareth or whoever whoever it is, you know, whether it's in another Robin Hood film or in this series, you could argue that you know maybe you're meant to believe they have been walking around for miles before they. They see him, but I always think those little scenes are just a bit like, yeah, it's just it's fun. They have to put them in there because otherwise, you know, people wouldn't find Robin Hood, you know. But it, but it is when you actually think of the whole, the big yeah. picture there, it is it's, um, it well, is a bit. It, it's a matter of uh, effective storytelling. I mean, yeah, um, you, you, if they showed Gareth um, for for half an hour walking in the forest, meeting no one, shouting out Robin's name. Um, well, it wouldn't be very interesting, and it wouldn't drive the story forward. So I can understand that they have to make uh, make choices. You just uh, like yeah, that. it's it's just it's a, it's a minor thing. You just have to you have to let it go. But um, but one big speaking about it, I I just say I really love the way they reveal um Robin and the Marys to to Gareth, and and again this is um the way I like the way that they're all sort of camouflaged, and they Marion in particular is like kind of oh, she's kind of sitting on the floor, she's like camouflaged behind the leaves and bushes and, and the way the other Marys they just suddenly literally just appear you know their heads just sort of it just showed how good they were at, you know hiding among, in and amongst the trees you know yeah. where they and, all just they, they, they kind of reappear for the audience again like you know we're, we're back for the second season so maybe that's why they they put in uh, a bit more effort in them um, uh, um, getting on stre- screen for the first time um what i really like is, is that uh, garrett uh really knows Robin and his gang. I mean, he knows who they are because, well, they're, um, we've seen in the first season as well that their legend has spread and they're like um, like rock stars in some way because, well, everybody has heard of Robin Hood and Will Scarlet and Little John and uh, what, they've, uh, what they've done. So that's, that's a nice detail, uh, detail I, uh, I think. 
Um, and well, he's, he's, he's uh, came across halfway the country to, to ask for the help. So obviously he, uh, he thinks that uh, Robin and his men are his last, uh, his last hope. Uh, of course, uh, Will doesn't want to uh, go there. He doesn't feel like walking for five days across England to help some people he, uh, he doesn't know. But then uh, when, well, you know, when the others say that we're going, of course, he's, uh, he's coming too. Um, yeah, Rob, Robin's keen to point out to Will, isn't he, that you know it's not just about the people of Sherwood. You know that he, they, you know, he swore by this sword to protect, you know, to kind of protect everyone. Really, you know, it's, it's, you know, whoever basically needs help. Um, and again, they they put um, our uh, they direct our attention to the sword. I mean, have have we seen him swear on the sword in the in the first season? I don't think so. I don't think we we see that. Um, but um, but yeah, going back just just quick, just slightly, just to your point about Gareth. Yeah, I mean, as you say, I think the the legend, you know, the Robin's reputation and the Marys that that is say, I think the stories in series one, you know, kind of built built up that reputation for them. And I like the way I like the way you know early on in series two here, it's kind of like you know that the legends, the word has spread further out, and um, and you just sense that Robin of Show is really coming into its own here, and um, and that we're going to be in for like a bigger adventure. Yeah. Um, now, before they, they, they take off uh, with Gareth uh, to, to see if they can help uh, the people of Ufkamp, um, Robin receives a warning from Hearn. And uh, this time he's uh, well, quite a bit less cryptical than he was before because he just straight out says that um, uh, they who seek to shatter the bolts that hold back the evil one first must take Albion from you. And uh, it's written that the servants of Lucifer will find the seventh sword on the village on the rock. So he's pretty straightforward here yeah he actually tells he almost just reveals some in you know some of the info straight out you know yeah and and yeah. also um I, I was wondering why didn't robin just leave albion at home i mean he could have said well um Hearn, uh, keep this hide it in your cage uh, in your cave for just um for just uh, a few weeks and i'll <laughs> go out to afcom nobody ever going to get the that sword and just see if i, can I know it's um, another it's sword well, if, if anything, I mean, that if, if you were to pick out like a, a slight plot hole in, in Swords of Wayland, I guess that would be it, you know, that, that actually, yeah, bearing in mind he's even heard that from, from Hearn beforehand. Yeah, why, why would you even take a help you with you? But I suppose, again, you just have to sort of look past it. I mean, for, for one, we wouldn't, get a, we wouldn't get the story we do. You know, we wouldn't get this great adventure. And well, certainly, you know, we wouldn't have the Albion elements of it um, later on, you know, with Swords of Wayland, if, if, if he did leave Albion in show. I, th I think we're just meant to assume that obviously robin being the the guard you know the guardian of the sword and um he's the you know he's kind of like the protector of the sword isn't he it's his sword and i suppose it's just it's just his instinct to to take it with him everywhere yeah it, it doesn't help the story particularly by revealing it so obviously um early on that albion's gonna kind of um you know possibly be taken from him yeah no because the the visual clues were already there so i think uh well, if we were uh, paying t attention as viewers, we would have guessed it uh, anyway. But, you know, it's just, uh, just a minor detail. Um, meanwhile, we see uh, uh, Abbas, uh, who's hearing about the killing of the priest. And he asked her local sheriff to capture the man responsible. Uh, but as soon as the sheriff is gone, we see her true colors. And she calls him a greedy little swine and says to her uh, assistant, uh, Verdelay, uh, you can't even kill a priest. So it's pretty clear that she's a uh, evil two-faced 
you can tell yeah exactly it's revealed already now that she's not just gonna yeah that she's not an abyss and that she's um but yeah she's in a bad she's in quite a bad mood because obviously from her point of view a, a plan that should have gone very smoothly has actually ended up being being a bit dragged out for her you know basically the hounds were meant to kill that priest grab the sword and and what we see on screen looks like they have killed him but as it turns out they haven't just yet and um and of course that's angered Morgan because she obviously she then blames Ferdelay um which she kind of would because he's you know she he's the assistant to her um he's above the hounds and then you've got her above you know she she's running the whole thing but you know yeah and, it, but, and it's a good good introduction of uh of uh, her as a, as a as a character because well we see her acting like the the noble devoted nun and then uh as soon as as the sheriff is out of uh, out of sight she um she completely uh, drops her mask and shows her uh, her real face and it, it's not just her it's her completely uh complete following of nuns because we see them going into the crypt um there's the shot where we see them put out their candles take off their robes and uh, how they uh, uh well basically worship the devil and yeah very dark all this and this was shot in um in a studio um in bristol even though we see the nuns morgan and the nuns they go down the steps or you know it starts off was well, actually Mom's Mom's Abbey, isn't it? But um, but they go down and um, the crypt is built obviously in a studio because there's no way the, the production team would have would have done devil worship in um in they wouldn't have done it in Wells Cathedral or any abbey um, but we know that there were problems complaints at the time and from um Wells Cathedral and things like that but um because they they, they were actually under that some devil worship had gone on for the story there and it, and it hadn't and it did lead to some problems behind the scenes but anyway it was no it was all it was all constructed in a studio yeah, yeah so we it, see the it first looks great and and well we know that there's quite a a cult that's um, that's on the on the move they do the whole chanting thing you know the he that is bound shall be free he that rules shall be overthrown so it's um well we we, we know at that point that robin is uh, up for some uh, dark stuff yeah and that pretty soon becomes clear when we see the outlaws uh, reaching the village of afkamp uh, they meet uh, a miller who doesn't believe there's anything that can be done against the hounds of lucifer um, the rest of the villagers uh, seem to feel the same way at first they're hiding um, and they want robin and the others to leave and then um, well you know uh, robin makes an effort you know talking to a little girl introduces her to uh, to uh, to tuck uh, shows that there are no devils and that they've got no uh, no tails. Um, but it's actually um, Marion who steps forward and convinces them that they're really there to help and that they're good people. And um, Yeah, it's the first time we probably ever see Marion come forward, in, um, especially, you know, with villagers around um, and in this kind of situation where, well, obviously, you know, Robin and his men, they've travelled a long way. Robin straight away stands up with Will, you know, kind of will kind of provokes the villagers a little bit but um but robin yeah i mean robin obviously wants to get to the bottom of this you know all this sort of um all this sort of you know these towns of lucifer and riding through this sky and all this it just it seems a bit much and um but but even so you know the, the villagers react badly and they they sort of feel like they're being mocked 
Robin, he's he really wants to get across to these villagers to Afcom that, that that it is men behind it. I think that's that's kind of where Robin's coming from. He doesn't like this idea and this 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 whole sort of terror and panic that they're believing in. Obviously, yes, the village has been terrorised and they've they've seen people killed, haven't they, in in the village? And 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 it's not that Robin doesn't believe that. I, th- I think I think he does. Believe, you know, the fact Gareth has come all that way, you know, to, to fetch him. He knows that he knows that st- bad stuff has been going on in this village, but he's not. What Robin doesn't like is that the villagers believe that it's um, you know, it's it's prop, it's real devils or how you know hounds of Lucifer. Robin is very keen to prove to this village that actually everything done, everything that's been caused here has been done by men and we're we're going to come and try and stop that for you you know it's very yeah he's just trying to get it back to yeah. basics a bit and just and, try and, 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 and that's right because well, as soon as as uh, uh, the outlaws and the villagers have, have come to terms they trying to come up with a plan to defend the village and uh, i really really like uh, the moment where robin discovers how the flying horses might work you know riding down uh, from the from the cliff and then over the roof and then into the village yeah, and they couldn't have chosen a better location for that village, could they? I mean, this Ufcom, Ufcom on the Rock. I mean, what a magnificent um, site they chose for that by Black Rock um, Quarry, you know, up in up at the top of Cheddar Gorge. It's um, well, it's a fantastic location. That really, um, it's, yeah, really unusual, you know, with that sloped cliff. They made they made great use of that space round there, and um, it couldn't have been better for them, you know, because it's got space. It's got space around the side. Not only have you got this this nice big, you know, this area in front of the the cliff where the village huts are, but you've actually got a bit that goes. You've got like a path kind of that goes right round it in a circle, and that was that was perfect for seeing kind of like the hounds circle round the village, and and obviously there's just there's the hill um, opposite it, the big hill where you see them ride down to approach the village the hounds ride down there and it's um yeah it's just the whole setting of that 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 place is is great um i've been there i've been there twice myself and i, I love it there so all we have to do now is wait yeah was wait for the hounds to uh to attack again and we don't have to wait uh, to wait very long because um in the next scene we see how adam the miller we've seen uh, we've seen before gets visited by uh Verdelay. And that's the moment you've chosen that we're going to take a listen to. So here we go. Adam. Master. Master. Who is your Lord? Lucifer. Who is Lucifer? Creator and ruler of the world. What must we do? Prepare his coming. You're sweating, pig. You're in your prime. You've years before you reach the slaughterhouse. The hounds will ride tonight. Where, my Lord Verdi? The village of Afkum. There are strangers in Afkum. Outlaws brought here by one of the villagers. How enterprising. What's this troublemaker's name? Gareth. Then kill Gareth with them. But my lord! Don't touch me! I've told you what you must do. See it done. Yeah, it was images like these for me that really added to the atmosphere of Swords of Wayland. It was an exciting, tense story, um, 
they got the atmosphere spot on with its sense of danger and fear that you were meant to feel. I mean, visually, visually they're a superb two episodes, um, but I, I just love these little scenes that they kind of um, put into the story. So, like, you see the way Ferdsley kind of approaches, the way he walks into, into the barn, you know, and you see his shadowy figure. And it's just, yeah, I just love this sort of tense feel and, and that they've kind of um, added to the episode. Yeah, and, and, and now we know that uh, the Miller is... Uh... It's, it's, it's like a spy for the hound or, or it's somehow on the well on the, on, on their side we don't know exactly um, how this works um and then we we see the the hound of lucifer ride again uh, going to the village but this time uh, the village is ready robert manages to uh, to stop the panic that's about to spread and defends uh, the village in an, in an awesome looking fighting sequence There's so much going on there but yeah, I love the way they, Robin and his men are so prepared for this. You know, you can really, it's really exciting watching this kind of, and I love it. I think especially Nazir, the way Nazir goes over to the, um, to the smoke, you know, when that, it's almost like an iconic image and you see Nazir standing in between the, the two, um, the two fires, fires, you know, and he's, he's got his mask on and you, and I love that because it's kind of like, you know, the hounds obviously are, are meant to be the terror, you know, the terrifying ones. And but it's kind of like, you know, Robin, it's like the Marys have got their own surprise kind of in store for them, you know, not just yeah, their own weapons. A li li little um, intimidation on, on their side. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, this isn't just an, this isn't just a gang of outlaws with weapons that are about to, um, you know, attack the hounds or, to, you know, there's actually they, they've actually got some intimate. Yeah. An intimidation factor themselves. Yeah, and um, of course uh, they have the, the the trap for the for the horse that uh, falls uh, through the roof. I was yeah. wondering if if the horse didn't get hurt when when while shooting this because it looks it looks very convincing that they're they're actually going through it. Well, I don't I don't recall hearing anything about the horse particularly getting injured or killed or anything. So I'd like to think not. Um, I, I, you know, I've read all sorts of info and, and details into this, you know, obviously behind the scenes and and stuff that goes on, you know, in this action sequence. But um, I, I don't think anything's been reported about that horse. Yeah, well, let's, let's hope they just did a cool uh, 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 trick there that makes it look like it's falling really hard when... Uh, in, in fact, it's, uh, the horse is just uh, is just fine, and there there's a lot of fighting going on all over the place. Um, John has an encounter with one of the hounds, and right before um, they start to fight, Will shoots it uh, shoots it down. I thought that, that was a that was a cool uh, cool moment there. Uh, also, Robin uh, shouting, "I want one alive," and then Will saying, uh, "I wish you'd said that sooner," something like that. That's uh, yeah, because at this stage, most yeah, a lot of them have been killed already, and. Um and it's funny because when Robin says that to him, yeah, Will, you literally receive, we receive, uh, Will stabs one of them in the back, one of the hounds actually from behind, literally just moments before Robin says, I want one alive. So, yeah, it's, um, I love the way they're just all getting so stuck in here. You know, Robin's killing them, little John's killing them. Um, you know, Nazir, we see take down, uh, he kills two of them before he's, um, before he's knocked out, um, by one of the hounds. Um, and Will obviously, you know, he, um, he kills a couple of them as well. A few of them. Yeah. It's just, it's brilliant seeing them all get stuck in. I love, I love the moment where, uh, little John, you know, charges, um, you've got the hound that kind of charges towards him and little John, you know, he puts his staff down and you see the real strength of little John there, don't you? If ever there, if ever there was a scene in Robin of Sherwood where you could, um, 
pick out little John's strength. And there's there's several of them you could choose. You know, he's such a strong guy and a great fighter. There's many moments you could pick to show how strong, you know, Clive Mantle's little John was meant to be. But I think that one in the Swords of Wayland just shows immense strength. You know, the character for, for little John to be able to actually take a, take up a whole horse like that, you know, and actually, you know, with his staff from the right on the ground to be able to just knock that horse over and, and the hound like that. It's, um, yeah. yeah, that was just immense to see that. Yeah. And, and in the end, um, they managed to capture one of the hounds alive and chase the, uh, chase the others off. Um, and then it turns out that um, the captured hound actually is, uh, is James, one of the young men that has been uh, abducted from the village before and has turned into uh, one of the hounds. It's quite a brutal scene there when, you know, he kills himself uh, right before uh, his mother's eyes. He looks terrified, um, James, doesn't he? You can you can tell, and for the first, and, and you get a sense here that so for the first time we know now that the hounds are just people that have actually been taken from um, from villages. Because obviously, you know, we don't know anything about the hounds up until now, like who these people are, you know. And, um, and killing and, himself right in front of his mother—that's uh, yeah, that's it's terrible. And it was there. well, it was scenes. It would have been scenes like that. I mean, there's there's a lot of dark scenes in obviously in the whole the whole story but um but yeah they had to air this one later um whereas whereas a lot of robin of sherwood episodes were often aired at say 5 30 ish you know 5 35 tea times kind of thing yeah they had they had to show swords of wayland later um it, it didn't air till much quite a bit later in the evening it would have been it would have been more like an eight or nine o'clock slot that one got yeah so but, they, but i must say i I'm, I'm happy that they didn't back down from doing these kind of stuff you know yeah well i'm a big fan of uh, game of thrones as well so this is nothing com compared to that, but then again, that that's known as a really show for adults, and this one, you know, is known for um, for being more of a family show. So in the next scene, we see uh, Morgan of, of Ravenscar being very angry at uh, Verdelay and uh, and Adam because uh, well, the hounds had such a such a defeat, and she's very very scary and impressive uh, in uh, in this scene. She's such a such an evil woman. She's just got quite a intimidating presence about her in a way you know she's everyone fears her you know even the people that work for her um yeah she, and she, yeah, she would she, have been um, the, the, the perfect love interest for uh, the baron de belem i mean those two should have uh, <laughs> would have made a wonderful devil worshipping couple i think oh blimey yeah what a combined force that would be yeah. um yeah, and, and, and Morgan, and, um, she, she's yeah. not only evil, she's also pretty smart. I mean, then we see her um, uh, writing a letter to the Earl of Godwin to call in help to defeat the outlaws who have, you know, taken the village hostage. You know, she kind of portrays it that way. And, and that that's a pretty smart move. I mean, using her, um, you know, her Christian face and status to, uh, to call in help to, to get rid of the problem there. Yeah, she uses her definitely. Yeah, she she is a smart um, woman, and yeah, she uses her disguise, her disguise of Christianity, you know, to kind of yeah get things um, yeah get things in her favour. Um, but yeah, just again, just just speaking about this scene. So you've got the um, but this this room, you know, which is the the chapter house in the um, in Wells Cathedral, and it's fascinating to think that the very room here where we see Morgan and and Adam and Fursley and all the you know these nuns as well. The, um, this 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 was actually meant to be Marion's 
bedchamber in, in Robin Hood and the Sorcerer. I know, I know you're you're aware of that yourself. But um, yeah, but yeah well, it's, it's funny thing. Yeah. Just just for our, our listeners, we had a little talk about this uh, before we started uh, recording the show. Uh, in between the breaks, between uh, the first and second season of doing the podcast, I went uh, on holiday to England. Uh, and I visited some of the locations that the show was being shot, and Welsh Cathedral was one of them. So uh, finally, um, I can also sometimes say, "Oh, I've uh, I've been there," um, because this far, well, people who've uh, heard our podcast before uh, know is that you were always one saying, "I've uh, visited that place, I've been there, I've seen it," and uh, now I sometimes I can say, "Well, I've been there too." Yeah, so it's, it's a wonderful cathedral, by the way, Welsh Cathedral. I, uh... Oh, it is. It's yeah, it's magnificent, isn't it? It's um, yeah, it's a stunning cathedral. Um, but yeah, going you know, in Robin Hood and the Sorcerer, it's funny when, as we say, Robin goes up the stairs and into the into Marion's bedroom, and and in effect, yeah, that room is actually this impressive chapter house, which which obviously they then use in series two for here. Yeah, I, I, uh, I should have made a little movie clip of it, so we could have uh, put it on our Facebook page or something like that, where you can actually see the stairs. We see uh, Robin running up in uh, Robin Hood and the Sorcerer, and then uh, uh, turning right to come to uh, Marion's bedchamber, but then seeing it, uh, yeah. uh, uh, see that it's the room where uh, Morgwin of Ravenscar actually... Uh, um, well, gets gets mad at uh, at Adam and uh, and Verdelaine. And we see the steps again um, in in part two, don't we? Um, the, the stairs as well that Robin runs up to, to Matt in 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 the first episode. We actually see them again in part two um, when Robin's disguised as a hound. But um, but anyway, yeah, that, that may be a bit too much uh, <laughs> too much going into the to the details of this. Um, so back in Afghan, we learned that James uh, and the other hounds uh, were wearing a piece of paper in a little uh, sack around their neck. And uh, Tuck uh, is there to explain that it's, uh, it's a pact with, uh, with the devil. Um, and Much points out that they have flour on their clothes, very well uh, spotted. And so Robin goes to the mill uh, on his own because he does not want uh, the village to be left uh, unprotected. And uh, we're, we're running towards uh, the end of this uh, uh, this episode now, but uh, uh, it's it's a very great end because I really like this this scene where Robin goes into the mill. Uh, it's it's directed very well. There's so much uh, suspense with him uh, walking around, and we see these different uh, camera angles. We see the, the the things moving in the in the mill. Yeah, I think Michael Prade's acting is brilliant in this um, scene in the mill with Adam as well. Robin's really sort of clued up when he goes into there and he kind of, you know, he's sort of looking around for clues and he's, um, but he, yeah, just his reactions, you know, want to, obviously, you know, Adam then, then appears and, um, Robin doesn't know it's Adam at first. And, and as we see them, you know, they start fighting, but, uh, but, uh, but throughout the fight, even, I just think this, there's some real, you know, really good expressions on Robin's face going on, you know, that you see Michael Prade here and it's just brilliant, you know, and then he, um, ends up, you know, being obviously we see him not kick knocked out of the um the window yeah, and then a spectacular he's spectacular shot where he falls backwards uh, through the window but it's um it's brilliant acting though and you see him come back in he swings back in and um and he's you know he's like you know his reaction for example when he finds out it's adam you know robin's really shocked you know when he really surprised when, when he when he realizes it's adam yeah. and of course adam then keeps attacking him and um and particularly the bit when you see um yeah, the bit when um yeah when 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 Adam throws, especially when Adam throws that hook at Robin's arm at his wrist, and you, you Robin's in real pain, and you and you see you actually see him really shocked as well when 
you know when when he's when he's caught by that and um and then obviously he's just about to get hit he sees adam then sort of pick up a barrel and he's about to chuck that at him and it's just brilliant really, honestly it's brilliant brilliant acting there by robin by michael prade in this bit and he's um he, he just about manages to get the hook off in time and then he, he whacks adam with it doesn't he and finally robin's sort of in control he, yeah. he ends up in control of the situation um, yeah, and he starts uh, interrogating uh, uh, adam and um, that's the scene that I chose to uh, to take a listen to. What are the hounds of Lucifer? Who tells them to ride? Is it you? Please. Is it Adam? Please. It's only a scrap of parchment. It's of no use to anyone. No, don't. What are the hounds of Lucifer? No! This is your mark, isn't it? I know what this is. You've given yourself to Satan, haven't you? Why? Did they force you? How? I... I can't. How? Don't make me tell. No, I beg you. He'd come for you then, wouldn't he? He'd claim you for breaking the pact. Yes. Who calls the hounds to ride? The Lady of the Cauldron. The Cauldron? The Cauldron of Lucy. The most powerful coven in England. It said that if the Cauldron wants you dead, then you better hurry and dig your grave. And... They put a spell on me. What kind of a spell? A curse. On the third day, I was bailing out some straw, and I felt this terrible pain deep inside me. It gave me waves like I was being stabbed. They made a moment, see? A doll. Oh, I knew. They came again that night stood round me, waiting for me to die. And they showed me the doll. Stabbed it. The pain ripped through me. I never agreed to anything. So you signed this? Who is the lady? I can't. Who is she, Adam? No! Who is she? Morgan of Ravenscar! Morgan of Ravenscar? I'm lost. Yeah, like you said, it sounds really, really intense. You know, just, just the audio alone, I think. Um, and we have to, uh, well, by just listening to it, we have to uh, imagine the uh, the expressions and the whole, whole scenery uh, around it. Um, so, um, well... In fact, everything seems to be working out just fine. I mean, Robin now knows who the leader of the Hound of Lucifer is. He knows about uh, about the cauldron. Uh, but, you know, just before we think, well, well that went pretty well, uh, things start to go south because uh, outside he gets uh, confronted uh, with, uh, by soldiers. Uh, they take his sword. Well, we see, of course, uh, Verdelay wants to keep it. But the soldiers of the Earl, that uh, they have been sent in uh, to help rescue the village, uh, they, uh, they take it. Um, Robin still tries to talk his way out of it. He tries this fake accent, uh, uh, 
when, when yeah, I like talking to the soldiers. Yeah, the Robert the Robert of Af- Robert of Afcom accent. I like it when he um you know tries to get get round it with that. But um but obviously you know in the end they're not really having any of it and um and he does look quite bad in a way on Robin because from their point of view they've caught a peasant with a with a sword. Um, you know, they, they're quite sure he's lied about working in the mill. And then, of course, when Verdley leads them down to the mill, when they see Adam is obviously drowned, it, it does look bad. You know, Robin's got blood on him. And, yeah. and, By the way, that's, and, that's the second suicide in one episode. I don't think we've ever seen that before. No, no, we haven't. Um, we don't see it again either. This episode is taking Robin a show much darker, much deeper than it's been before. Yeah, and he's been quite, quite a big of a quite a big mess uh, at the moment because he gets uh, arrested by the soldiers um, but luckily much uh, has seen it all happening and uh, he warns the others uh, who uh, uh, who can uh, escape the village in time before the the soldiers come in uh, to uh, to arrest them uh, too um, and then we have a little bit of a standoff between the soldiers at one side and the outlaws uh, uh, at the other side and they manage to keep the soldiers uh, at a distance with their uh, with their bows and uh, and arrows uh, Will kills the, the traitor in the village who pointed uh, the soldiers uh, in their uh, in their direction. Some brilliant display of archery, wasn't it, from the Marys there? I mean, obviously Will's, you know, it's Will that actually shoots that, yeah, shoots the spy um, from long range. And But the Marys, you know, they, they make their intentions clear that they're not going to just walk away. They'll, they'll, they'll stand there and... Um, and sort of fight or shoot them down if they if they have to. And in the end, the soldiers realise that that the Marys are going to stand firm here. And um, as we hear them say, you know, they don't they don't want to risk their soldiers being all killed and that. So they um they retreat and um yeah they do. But yeah. they 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 still have uh, have Robin. Uh, they still have Robin, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we know that there's uh, some more work to be done in the next um, in the next part of this uh, of the show. Um, the last line we hear is uh, Tuck saying, uh, "We'll get him back, little flower." Uh, yeah, and then in the last shot, we see uh, Robin being taken away, walking between two soldiers on horses, his arm uh, spread in a in a cross. Yeah, pretty I was going to say it's a Christ-like, um, a Christ-like sort of image, isn't it? Yeah, where you see see him walking off, um, similar, yeah, similar to Jesus with the cross, with the cross. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but overall, a great episode. Yeah. Um, now, when we discussed uh, Robin Hood and the Sorcerer, uh, we decided to uh, rate part one and part two uh, as a whole. Uh, shall we do that again? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, race it. Yeah, do it at the end. Yeah, so we're not going to uh, hand out uh, any errors uh, for this one just yet. We're going to save that until the next uh, episode of the podcast. Um, so that leaves us, uh, leaves us with just one more thing to do, and that is for you to uh, give the answer to the to the question you've asked in the beginning, the question about the crossbows, I, I, I would guess, I would guess it would be Robert of Huntingdon, but I'm not completely sure. Uh, yeah, I, could, I couldn't tell you in which episode or in w- 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 what scenes that's he fine. shoots a crossbow. Well, you, you guessed right. Yeah, it is, it is Robert of Huntingdon. Um, yeah, we see him use it twice. Um, so one, one of them, one's in Sheriff of Nottingham, which is near the end when he's been captured by um, Philip Mark. Um, yeah, we do see him. Yeah, we see him then use a crossbow, and also in the uh, in the Pretender, in again in a scene in a scene quite near the end, you, we see him use a crossbow. Okay. So yeah. Interesting. So uh, for all our, all our listeners out there, if you if you knew that, um, uh, give yourself some uh, some points and a little uh, tap on the on the on the back. Uh, well, next time I hope you've got another uh, interesting uh, question uh, for us. Looking forward to that. 
Right, so uh, so that's it for uh, for this yeah, time. Yeah, so part one. Um, <clears throat> so if you feel like uh, uh, this podcast uh, deserves some uh, some credit, uh, please rate us uh, on the platform you are listening to uh, right now, if you can. Uh, you can also find us on, uh, on iTunes and Stitcher and many other uh, podcast uh, applications. So we would appreciate it if you could hand us a few stars. Uh, also, we'd like to hear from you if you're listening to this and you think you've got something to contribute or to correct or just anything you want to say to us, uh, send us an email on uh, surewoodpodcast at gmail.com or send us a message on uh, facebook.com slash surewoodpodcast. Uh, as always, I would like to thank uh, Bram Brouwers for playing our Klanatesque uh, uh, theme music and of course all of our listeners and uh, many thanks to you as well, Andy. For now, um, thank you very much for listening. Until next time and may Hearn protect you. They that seek to shatter the bolts that hold back the evil one must first take Albion from you. Hold steadfast. It is written that the servants of Lucifer will find the seventh sword at the village on the rock. Swear to guard it with your heart's blood. I swear. Santa Beata, ora pro nobis, Santa Bartoleo, ora pro nobis, Santo Massimo, Ora pro nobis, Santi Valis.